Freedom-loving patriots, constitutionalists, unindoctrinated, unwoke, walk-away Democrats, and those clinging to their guns, Bibles, and constitutions, I'm your host, Becca Marie, along with Stella Padilla, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. Thank you for listening to us on Conservative Talk, ABQ 96.9 FM and AM 700. Be sure to check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can listen to any of our previous shows and even download our show notes, which I post there every week. You can download the podcast of the show from SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Want to send us your questions and comments? Send them to Becca, B-E-C-C-A, at freedomspeaknm.com. Want to watch us live and join the conversation? With a com- with a complete with a call in line and social media chat, you can do that every Friday morning, 9 a.m. to noon on Facebook, X, and Rumble, and you can even watch us now on your television through the Roku app. A lot of great, a lot of great stuff to talk about today on the show. I've got Stella Padilla in the station with me again today, as usual. Hold, hold, hold on, let me bring you in there, Stella. Okay, I'm There's here. There's Stella, I got Stella. Buenos dias, Nuevo Mexico. Yes, and uh, I uh, did a lot of work on the studio over the uh, holiday weekend. That's what I was doing. We took a week off and had a really fantastic Thanksgiving. I did, at least. I also spent uh, a few days here in the studio making some changes. You might notice we've got some electronic backdrops in the studio now. I uh, did some uh, Black uh, Friday shopping at Walmart <laughs> and um, and uh, went over to a friend's house, had a really great meal with uh, kind of a family-type setting that was really great. What did you do, uh, Stella? I went into a turkey coma, as usual. I, you know, I think I'm done with turkey. Really? You're done with turkey? I think I went a barbecue sounds better, you know. I'm going to fix your... With, there we go. I had ton, it adjusted for a taller person. Tons of fresh person. fruits and vegetables and stuff like that, but... Right. Turkey, yeah, I'm yeah, done. You, I'm done. You're done? Yeah. You're turkeyed out. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. Um, so did that, and uh, anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about something first, and then I'll bring in our guest. Um, I, I heard a term the other day called pseudoscience of disinformation. So, you know, I like to research uh, these terms, and uh, so I did a little bit of reading on that, and I always learn so much when I do these things. So, in talking about this phrase, I'll start with defining the meaning of the words contained in this term. I like to define things. It makes more sense that way. So, I'm going to break this, uh, break this term down. Pseudo. It's an adjective meaning apparently rather than actually as stated. Science is knowledge or a system of knowledge covering general truths or the operation of general laws, especially as obtained and tested through the scientific method, which we seem to have forgotten a lot about the scientific method these days. Disinformation. 
by the way, that term goes way back to like the Soviet Union and stuff like that. This is how they silence people. They, they label them as disinformation and misinformation. It's defined as false information deliberately and often covertly spread as by the planting of rumors to influence public opinion or obscure the truth. So it seems to me that what this term refers to is information being passed off as science that was never confirmed by the process of proving it through rigorous testing using the scientific method. This information is then endorsed by people claiming to be reputable to influence public opinion and hide the truth. That about right? Have you seen some of that going on the past few years? I know I have. Before all this, I think probably most of you thought like I did, that we could trust whatever doctor we went to to provide us with the science-based advice, which was grounded in their educational background and personally researched knowledge. That's what we thought, right? We now know that the advice our doctors and pharmacists were giving us was based on false information they were given, and they relayed this false information to their patients without question. As a matter of fact, they were threatened by their employers and other government agencies that if they questioned this information, they would be fired and or have their licenses taken away. In my opinion, this is yet another example of someone either being incompetent or a coward that is more interested in saving their own skin over the good of their patient. Highly qualified experts in the field were trying to speak out based on actual science, but they were silenced, censored, and threatened in order to maintain the desired political narrative. Lots of people accepted dangerous experimental treatments while safe, proven alternative treatments were denied. As a result, a lot of people died needlessly. Now, this is a term that, gets, that got me thrown off of YouTube for the second time, every time I mention this. But I'm not on YouTube today because I'm currently still under suspension by YouTube um, because apparently I am dangerous. Okay. Safe and effective was simply a slogan, which was and is still being used to control a trusting population that thought that their government and the scientific and medical community considered their well-being a top priority. Those of us that have been paying attention now know that this is not the case at all. I heard a story just the other day, and I think our guest probably heard this story too, knows where I got it from. I'm not going to say where I got it from. <laughs> heard this story the other day about an older couple that both caught a bad case of the C virus. I'm not going to say the word. You know what it is. They were denied the life-saving treatments by the government-controlled tyrannical medical establishment. This has happened to people I know. This couple was very sick, and if left in the hands of the corrupt corporate medical oligarchy, they would have been left to get sick, then admitted to a corporate-owned hospital, then treated with remdesivir, then put on oxygen, then vented, and then they would have died. Luckily, an independent doctor many of us know, which I'm not going to say his name, got them some of that uh, then-banned ivermectin, you know, the stuff that was the horse dewormer, and gave them a Regeneron transfusion. They're both alive and well today. These are both treatments that the so-called scientific community claimed at the time were ineffective. Remember them saying that? 
the safe and effective narrative, which to this day is still being passed off for the experimental injection, which was never scientifically proven or even successfully tried on lab rats and is still causing serious injury and death, is the very definition of the pseudoscience of disinformation. You'll be hearing the term external stakeholders coming up a lot these days. Who are the external stakeholders? Well, let me tell you, we're not talking about the juicy, delicious ribeye steak along with the loaded baked potato I get at my local steakhouse. We're talking about federal agencies, organizations, NGOs, advertisers. Our election system is also being attacked by the same kinds of lies passed off as facts by the same group of politically motivated criminals. Once again, those speaking out with actual evidence are being labeled as kooks and conspiracy theorists. The group heavily involved in suppressing free speech pertaining to election integrity is ironically named the Election Integrity Partnership, or the EIP. A consortium of disinformation academics led by Stanford University's Stanford Internet Observatory, the SIO, that works directly with the Department of Homeland Security and the Global Engagement Center, a multi-agency entity housed within the State Department, originally organized to monitor and censor Americans' online speech in advance of the 2020 presidential election. Created in the summer of 2020 at the request of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Remember the CISA that I mentioned, I believe, on last week's show? Which they've been talking about CISA in Congress as well. Which we discussed. Um, and, the, and the EIP provided a way for the federal government to launder its censorship activities in hopes of bypassing both the First Amendment and public scrutiny. We got a lot of laundering going on in the government right now. You know, we got the we got the money laundering operation going on in Ukraine, and we've got information being laundered now. What what the government does when they want to censor you and they don't want to, you to be able to uh, find them guilty of violating your free speech and the First Amendment to the Constitution is they launder it through these private organizations. And then they'll just say, oh, well, you know, we can't do anything. Free speech only applies to the government. You know, these are private companies, and they can censor you if you want. There's no law against that. Right? As new information has revealed, the federal government and universities pressured social media companies to censor true information, jokes, and political opinions. Remember Matt Taibbi? Remember me talking about the Twitter files and all that stuff? Well, there you go. This pressure was largely, largely directed in a way that benefited one side of the political aisle. Duh. True information posted by Republicans and conservatives was labeled as misinformation while false information posted by Democrats and liberals was largely unreported and untouched by the censors. The pseudoscience of disinformation is now, and has always been, nothing more than a political ruse, most frequently targeted at communities and individuals holding views contrary to the prevailing narratives. 
These unconstitutional violations of our protected rights and freedom are still occurring to this day. Just recently, I told you about the guy that is possibly going to prison for years for simply liking and reposting a meme making fun of Hillary Clinton. And this occurred shortly after Tyrant Joe got into the White House. By the way, you know, they're still tracking down more people from January 6th. They are looking at geo-tracking data. They are going out and they are investigating anybody that even flew into D.C. on that day. You know, we talked about the, the federal air marshals just the other day. You know, these federal air marshals are complaining because they're complaining that they are so busy following these old ladies and babies and children and stuff like that that were that were possibly in DC on January 6th that they can't really do the job of actually looking for real terrorists. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You think these people are really interested in keeping us safe? No. So do, social media accounts are still being throttled, blocked and censored, including mine. All because posts are being labeled as misinformation or disinformation. And you know, I told you, YouTube's giving me a second strike. If I get another strike, I'll be canceled from YouTube forever. All because I question the safe and effective narrative. And they're just following their marching orders for their, from their overlords at the WHO. And as a matter of fact, even in the letter they sent me, it even says because WHO guidelines have said that it's safe and effective. Tell you what, people, I'm not going to stop asking questions. And without using a direct quote um, similar to the one that Elon Musk used the other day, they can go F themselves. The corrupt Biden DOJ has ordered Elon Musk to turn over all tweets made or received by Donald Trump on Twitter. Now, I want to ask you, and I think I've mentioned this before, doesn't that sound a little bit like uh, an invasion of privacy? Doesn't that sound like a clear violation of the First Amendment? Now, the government is saying, well, you know, we didn't, we didn't order these things to be done. You know, we... we, we just gave suggestions to these social media. It's like, really? You've got to be kidding me. This will include investigating all of the conversations that Donald Trump had on Twitter. And you know what now? They are also looking at the tweets of all the people that tweeted to Donald Trump or liked or retweeted. All of us are now under ex are all under investigation as well. <clears throat> Will the FBI goon squad be breaking down our doors next? Will we be joining our fellow patriots in the DC gulags? I guess after they read the tweets from the Twitter account I used to have, which got canceled like so many other concerned Americans, that maybe they will label me as a domestic terrorist simply for speaking out against medical tyranny and a rigged election. In conclusion, it's worth remembering that founders like James Madison, the father of the Constitution, regarded broad access to information and new ideas as essential to preserving a democratic government. In an 1822 letter to William T. Berry, Madison wrote... A popular government without popular information or the means of acquiring it is but a prologue to a farce or a tragedy, or perhaps both. 
knowledge will forever govern ignorance, and a people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. These were smart people. They saw all this. They saw the writing on the wall. They knew what could possibly happen, and they warned us all. But a lot of people didn't listen. So, I've got Aunt Thornton in the studio with us today. Aunt, how's it going? It's going well, Becca. How are you doing? Good. <clears throat> Great monologue, by the way. Thank you. How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was uh, was fun. We actually brought a bunch of neighbors over, all of us who don't have kids. Uh, so we have a group of single or married couples in our neighborhood that don't have kids, and and so we all got together at my house, and I, and I have my aunt who happens to live on the west side of Albuquerque, and brought her over to uh, Thanksgiving. So t- typically we're not home on Thanksgiving. Uh, Glenn and I typically go other places and travel around the state and just go somewhere different. Yeah. And so this time we decided to stay home. So this is the first time in like ten years I actually cooked a turkey. Well, how'd it come out? <laughs> it, di- it did well because I brined it and I let it soak for twenty four hours. Yeah. And it came out nice and juicy, cooked it in a bag, and best turkey I've ever had. So I'm not turkeyed out, Stella. No. <laughs> <laughs> I should have tried your turkey. <laughs> it was good. We, it, we Everybody enjoyed it, and of course, everybody brought pies and stuff like that. So, yeah. I've already gained my four pounds, and I'm thinking, this is going to be bad, but it's not even Christmas yet. So <laughs> I've stopped weighing myself, you know. I just... <laughs> I... A couple years ago, I uh, lost a bunch of weight, and uh, I've mostly kept it off. You know, I gained a few pounds back, and it's like, oh, okay. You know, I've got to accept the fact that if I eat a lot of the things I like to eat, I'm going to gain a little bit of it weight right. back. But, you know, I can be, you know, I can be, I can watch my portions and things like that. And, and yeah. I decided I'm not going to do that. I'm going to eat everything. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I did. <laughs> I mean, so why stop at one piece of pie? Go for two. And I, I, you know, I said, That's right. This, this is the holiday season. I said, I'll worry about it January 1st when we all make our you know, weight, weight loss commitments again. Right, gonna, right. I'll do that in January 1st. But between now and Christmas, I said, I'm not going to try. I'm just going to let it go and yeah, see what just happens. Just let it go. Just let it rip. <laughs> How do you guys like the uh, the upgrades I did to the studio? I know st- Ant hasn't been in here in a long time, so I've done a lot of things since then. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I'm, I, these two huge movie screens down. I'm, I'm going to come here for the next giant, you know, release of Alien Three or something. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, over the uh, over the holiday weekend, I. Uh, I went to Walmart. I did. I bought a couple of flat screens uh, on Black Friday, and I thought, you know, it'd be really cool if we had some electronic backdrops in here. So rather than hang banners on the wall, because that's you know, I can change it now. I can yeah, have I can have videos. I, right now, I have the logo on. I really have had a lot of time to put a lot of stuff into that computer uh, yet for the for the screens. So I'm just I've just got logos on them today. But Stella, what do you think? I'm amazed. I I just think you're so talented, and I've I've been to the radio stations that don't look half this good. So I'm very proud of Like that. the one I was at previously? Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, helps being, uh, it helps being an engineer. Um, totally, yeah. You know, so I guess uh, I'm probably one of these few people out there that write the show, produce the show, do the show, and engineer the show. Wow. 
not, you're not paying yourself enough, I'm sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not. And she doesn't even break a sweat. This that's is amazing. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> so anyway, so um let's let's dive into to oh, you know, I wanted to bring I wanted to bring something up before we got into the major conversation. Um because uh, you went to this the other day too, and we went to the memorial service for the Gunters. Uh, yes. And you know, I can I can tell you, I have never seen that many people ever in my entire life at a memorial service. Same here. I we, mean, we were shocked, uh, although we knew how important uh, the family was to the community, and and but the turnout from the local community was just amazing. Um, clearly, there were probably well over a thousand people who attended. Uh, I, and, and that's my guess. I, I don't know what the real numbers were, but the church was completely full. The parking lot was overly full. They, there was enough uh, overflow. They had to go to the church next door. They did. And, and so and cars were lined up and yes. down on the side of the road for about a mile. It was amazing. The, the 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 right of way. You know, the grassy ditch area along the was filled with cars. The lawns were filled with cars, and and then in the church. The the sanctuary area where they hold the services was packed. Right. The waiting area was packed. All the rooms, I guess, that they hold Sunday school and stuff upstairs, was packed. The upstairs were, were completely full. I mean, it was, and there were still people lined up outside the door. It was just uh, the, clearly they were pillars of the community. They were, and it was a huge loss for for the entire East Mountain community, and so I think uh, the entire East Mountains was there. Yes, yeah, <laughs> really, I really do. And so uh, that that speaks to the type of people they were. Yeah, and, it does. And so uh, it was very heartfelt, and uh, and I think the service was beautiful, uh, and I think it was respectful. And so from that perspective, I'm glad they did that uh, because everybody was hurting, and it was an opportunity for us all to get it out. Yeah, and to hear and and I think we're we're all waiting to see what the family does next. But I think there's going to be enough support to to help them to do whatever they feel. They I need hope to so. Yeah. I hope so. Um, I the only thing I can say is that uh, all of us should strive to make that much of a mark on on their community, so that uh, that many people recognize that you've you've. You've given back. You've you've done things to try to help the community, uh, the community. And those guys were like a couple of big time patriots, and and they were, they really were hanging in there during the height of the scandemic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They were. Uh, I always felt that uh, if I ever needed anything, uh, that they were always there for me. And uh, and then I thought about my life, and I go, boy, if I died, I'd probably get two or three people to yeah. show up. I know, <laughs> you know. I kind of wonder that myself. It's like, how many people would show right. up for it's me, like, you know? It's like, wow. that's It's amazing, the legacy that they left. And they were still very young. Yeah, they were. They were, so, what, uh, late 30s, yeah, early 40s? That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Late 30s. Yeah. So... Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was it, it was a good event. Uh, given that a, you know, a memorial service can be a good event, it was a yeah. great event from that perspective. That everybody was around. passing around the Kleenexes, right? Right. And, and so. somebody looked at me and they had, give me one of those. And I'm, 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 I'm like standing there and I'm like you know the whole time. Yeah, my wife know? was sobbing the entire time it too. Was, and, and so yeah, but it was good. So I, I'm again, I was appreciative of the fact that uh, uh, the turnout was so great, and I was so glad to see a lot of the people there from that yeah. I knew too from the community. So. Yeah, me too, me too. All right, well, um, let's dig into what I was talking about in this monologue. I, I know you had 
you were making some notes, Ant, and you were thinking about uh, a lot of things. I, I'm just kind of curious to what your, what well, your thoughts are. Well, I mean, are. you're talking about um, disinformation, and I, I think the, my, my personal belief is that I think there's a lot of disinformation intentionally. I don't think, and you know, people say it's misinformation, and I no, I think that's a lot of things that we're seeing in the in the media right now is is intentional. There's a narrative that they want to uh, that they want the populace to to hear, and if you go against that narrative, they're going to do everything they can to discredit you, um, send out false information, and so now it's it's at a point now where we all recognize what's going on, but it's getting harder and harder to detect what's true and what's not. And I think that's the real disservice that the, uh, quote, journalists of the world are, have done to their own profession, mm-hmm. is that now no one can trust anything they believe anymore. And the scientists, nobody believes the scientists anymore because we've already learned that scientists will agree with whoever's uh, paying them. benefiting or paying them. They'll you know? paying them for their research. And, uh-huh. that, and that's a shame as well. Because, right. uh, like you said, when, when the... When the vaccine came out, uh, many people were saying, I'm not sure I want to take this because, um, well, I just don't believe it's gone through the experimental trials that a typical drug goes through. Well, it didn't. It, well, obviously it didn't. And, and of course, we now since then, you know, two years, three years later, we've now discovered that not only did it not go through all the trials, but it, it was not effective. Well, and I think people saw that. The flu shot's been around forever, right? And they give it's always been a choice. You want a flu shot? Come for it. If you don't, don't. You know, it's up to you. But this was being like forced on us and bribed. They're trying to bribe us. Remember that in this state, they had a raffle going that if you got your flu shot, you got $300 right away. But they joined you in a raffle where you could win $5 million or some outrageous amount like that. It was all bribery and, and forcing. It wasn't like just a regular flu shot where you had a choice to go if you wanted to or didn't, you know? So it made people suspicious. Well, it was not only in terms of trying to encourage people to do it. They were forcing people to do it. If you wanted to stay employed, for instance, you had to get the shot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know many people at Sandia, where I used to work, and who were, who were adamant about not having to take it. And they lost their jobs as a result of that. Um, now, I don't know if they've had an opportunity to go back and, and recoup the loss. Because now we know that the shot was ineffective. And... But it was coming down from the Department of Energy. The Department of Energy was saying anybody that works has to have the flu shot. It's kind of like no, even you know, the military didn't right, they? Right, exactly. They forced, they Same forced thing all with the military DOD. members. Well, and now they're now they're telling uh, they're they're so short on recruitment with the military that they're telling the military, oh well, if you were let go because you didn't get the shot, uh, you well, you can come back now. Right. Exactly. Well, what's that saying? I mean, <laughs> that that. that People should be questioning, like, what's that saying? It's like what you're asking them back now. So what you originally said was was not true at all. Right. I mean, personally, I think a lot of people need to be sued here. I agree. The government needs to be sued, which kind of is a bummer because, it's, you know, if you sue the government, not. it's just you it's and me are going to pay the lawsuits. Exactly. Um, I, I, I think rather than sue them, I think the people that were pushing the tyranny should receive criminal uh, criminal uh, consequences. And they should be probably brought up before a military tribunal. Well, that would be that would probably work out in the way that we would want it to, if in fact the uh, judicial department itself wasn't corrupted. Yeah, and I know. So, that's so the problem we got. That's the problem we have right now. You know, I'm watching an interesting series, and I actually uh, I don't want to get into that too much because we're coming up on the break. Um, all right, so I want to talk about this more um, after the break, and then coming up. 
We're going to be talking about um, some other topics I have in mind for today. We're going to be talking about the uh, what is tokenization and, and things like that. We're going to be talking about how the government wants to federalize. They want to take over the whole global new world order. Wants to take currency. A, we're going to talk about that coming up probably in the second hour. But anyway, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. And if you want to call in, our number is 505-444-5059 if you're watching us live. We'll be right back. Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. I'd like to tell you about where I take my own car for general auto repairs. Gennaro's Auto, located at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast in Albuquerque, can take care of all your general auto repair needs with fast, friendly, honest service at the lowest price in town. Gennaro's can handle anything from tune-ups and electrical repairs to a total engine swap. Y también hablamos español. Give Gennaro a call at 804-8750 or just stop by their shop at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505 292 Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at JP Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, JP Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers, enclosed trailers, and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service, and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. 
Would you like to move on from being a keyboard warrior to owning your own media? I'm Floyd Cisco with Spoken Words in New Mexico. I can take your event to the next level by providing cameras, microphones, video switchers, and other hardware to turn your event into a professional production. See what I've done for others and what I can do for you at rumble.com slash spoken words New Mexico. To get started, send me an email at spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Again, that's spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Welcome back to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Hope everybody's having a really great uh, first day of December if you're listening to us on Friday. Can't believe it's already uh, already December. This year is like quickly coming to an end. Well, I think the whole, everything's, as you get older, it looks like time flies by faster. <laughs> Isn't that scary? Well, yeah, not now. I think as the way the world's going, I'm kind of glad it's going by quickly. I don't want to. I don't want to be here much longer. I don't want to be here much longer. <laughs> well, that's one way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> you know, we got a bunch of snow at my house last night. Like, quit bragging. I had like six inches on the ground when I got up this morning. Oh. Kid you not? I had to unbury my car to drive here. Yeah, same here. Yeah, 
Where whereabouts are you anyway? I live in Paco, up in. Pa- well, you're right, just down the road from right. me then. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. I kid you not. We got like about six mm-hmm. inches or so. I think. I backed out of the garage and it was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. So there were a couple of uh, notable uh, deaths over the past couple days. Um, why did my brain just uh, fizzle out on me there? Henry Kissinger. For Henry one. Kissinger. Yeah. I mean, I remember. From the time, my entire life, I remember from a little kid remembering Henry Kissinger all the time. I remember, I have like these these little flashes of memory in my head from Same when here. I was a little kid, remembering Henry Kissinger. He was a busy guy. He was doing all kinds of stuff for for uh, both, um, God, why am I having trouble with names this was it, morning? Was it Nixon? <laughs> Nixon, and, and then Ford, Ford afterwards. Right. <clears throat> yeah, after Nixon, uh, you know, resigned. Right. Secretary of he was Secretary of State, wasn't he? Or? Secretary of State, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that say, well, you know, he, he did some bad things, you know, when it comes to, like, Vietnam and stuff like that. But at the same time, he did some good things, too. I mean, he he was a really, really good Secretary of State, from what I could see. Well, he was a very thoughtful guy. And I don't know a lot of details about him, but it, like you, when I was younger, I thought he was an old guy then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet he just now... But now I'm looking at pictures of him from back then. It's like, right. well, he didn't look old at all. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> but, but, but when he, you're like not quite 10 years old, I mean, you right. think... Right, and now he, I mean, he did live to be 100. He did, 100 years old. And that's amazing. I mean, that's a that's a goal that we should all strive for. And he was working right up to the end, yeah, I heard too. that. I heard like, you know... He, he, was, help, he was helping out Trump during Trump administration, exactly. advising him. I said he was, they said he was writing another book. And I go, oh my goodness. So this guy kept acting. I think that's the secret of longevity is to cont- keep busy. I, I think it is too. Yeah. You know, I've often said that, you know, a lot of people, and, and I've known people personally that when they retired and, and they, they, they stopped doing things, they stopped being active, they stopped thinking, they, you know, and, and I think, I, I know just from me doing this radio show over the past few years, there's been a huge difference in the way my 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 brain works. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I, I remember when I first started doing this kind of stuff, and now it's like, it seems like my brain is much sharper. And it's like, I think it's like a muscle. You have to sure. exercise it. That, that's, that's exactly right. I, yeah. I officially retired from my... Well, from Sandia in 2015, and then I went and worked for another company for another five years. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, University Space Research Association, and I worked for them for five years. So I officially retired in uh, 2021. And, and of course, uh, after the, the campaign, I, uh, I said, what am I going to do now? And so, as a matter of fact, one of the things I'm working on right now is starting a new company. Uh, Very actually. cool. With Greg Zanetti. Oh, really? And, yeah, we're looking Neat. at uh, going after brackish water in the state of New Mexico. And, uh, you know, he spoke about that during the campaign. He talked about if he had become governor, you know, that we really ought to be t- pursuing brackish water. We have a thousand years worth of water underneath New Mexico. Mm-hmm. All the surface water is already accounted for. And the problem is we don't, still don't have enough. But there's, there's oceans of water underneath New Mexico. We can bring it up, desalinate it. And make it available to for urban and agricultural purposes. Yeah. And so we're gonna we're in the process of trying to do that now, and that's something that's keeping my focus on what I'm gonna do next, because I'm not gonna just sit home. I'm I'm not a golfer, uh, uh-huh. and there's only so much Netflix you can watch. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. So uh, so I'm pursuing that, and it's keeping my mind busy. And it's uh, starting a business is. Uh, it's a lot of work. It, it is. I know. I've done it. You know. Yeah, you, yeah, you I, do know that. I'm, so. <laughs> I'm still self-employed. I, I, I decided a few years ago that I having employees is just not my thing. It's just. It's just. 
I don't know, to have employees, you pretty much not only have to be good at the business you're doing, which I'm very good at, you know, the engineering stuff I do, and I still do that, but I just do it. It's just me now. I'm sure. Just an independent contractor. You have and to deal with personality. Exactly. It's like, that's and, a whole different thing. It is. Right. And, and, I, and I discovered, you know, I just accepted the fact this is something I'm not good at. And I'm not really, really somebody that's good at accepting failure at anything. Uh-huh. You know, that's the sort of Most engineers aren't. No, no, you know, no. You're not, a, you're not a good engineer if you accept failure. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's one thing I just accepted. You know, I'm not good at this. Right. I don't want to do this anymore. So it's just me now. You know, I, I heard an interesting thing the other day, and I didn't even have this on my show notes, but I, I, I meant to put it down and I forgot, but I wanted to talk to you about this. You know, this whole thing with where they're pushing this whole idea of how CO2 is so bad. Ah, which yes. to me seems ridiculous. It is. Okay. And so what they're doing, and I didn't even know they were doing this. Apparently, apparently there's these pipelines that go across the country. They're capturing CO2. They're not letting it go back into the atmosphere. They're capturing it and they're pumping it underground. Right. Does that sound scary to you? Because here, let me, let me tell you what I'm thinking about this. Okay. And you can tell me if you, can you move to the left just a little bit? Yeah, or like you'll be more centered on the camera okay. that way. Is that yeah. better? Yeah, just scoot your chair over a little okay. bit. <coughs> Sorry there, about that, that. That's better. Okay, okay, that's good. Okay, so so here's what I'm thinking. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I really haven't done a lot of research okay. on this. I would think that we have a finite uh, number of resources on the planet. Resources are not really being added. Okay, like we have a finite amount of water which people don't get me wrong thinking we're going to run out of water because no, it constantly gets recycled. It gets recycled. Okay. We have a finite amount of various types of gases on the planet. Okay. Including oxygen. So oxygen is produced by CO2. Photosynthesis. 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 That's a tough word to say. Say it three times fast. Plants consume CO2. It's like food to them. Like Mm -hmm. I I noticed years ago, I was kind of surprised, and you might have noticed this too. Like when you go out to California, one of the polluted, most polluted places in in the country, you go there and it seems like flowers are just thriving out there. They're growing all over the place. You're driving down the road and there's just beautiful flowers all over the place. And my guess is they're just sucking up all that pollution. They just love it. Mm -hmm. So, So tell me. Is it kind of alarming that these people are basically burying our oxygen? They're taking the CO2, they're pumping it underground to where it's not going to get recycled by plants, things like that. And it's not going to end up back in the atmosphere as breathable oxygen. How do they keep it from escaping, though? Well, you put things underground, they stay there for quite a while. Hmm. Eventually, they seep back out, but yeah, I don't do uh, th- th- that. It gets turned into coal, and then we burn it again and it right back out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What do you think about them burying the CO2? Well, I mean, the, the, I, what you're talking about is uh, uh, carbon dioxide sequestration, and, yeah. uh, and so the and so they're they're first of all, there there's this the whole climate change agenda is is based on the the false hoax that co2 is poison yeah yeah okay and so co2 currently in our atmosphere is 400 parts per million mm-hmm. that's the the current which is 
very negligible amount of, of compared to the rest of the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but it is an essential component of our atmosphere because, as you mentioned before, it is the it is the requirement for plants. Yeah. To do photosynthesis that then produces the oxygen that we need to breathe. Right. And what people don't fail to understand is that um, the 400 parts per million right now in in our atmosphere is actually one of the geological lowest times that we've had. In other words, we've had much more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, probably four times as much in the in the in geological times. You know, you know, a a million years ago. And, uh, like during the time of the dinosaurs, yes, when there was exactly. a lot more yeah. vegetation. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, and and plants flourished. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And so, so we are actually at a at a lull in in terms of if you look at the historical record of carbon dioxide, and they can track that through geological examinations of the soil and things of that sort, or they can do Antarctic deposits and 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 actually do the ice cores, and so they know how much carbon dioxide was in the historical geological times. Yeah. But we are at a historical low right now. So this idea that carbon dioxide, raising the carbon dioxide. So the myth is raising carbon dioxide increases the temperature of the earth, and therefore we're going to boil the oceans and we're all going to die. That's the myth that that, that they're promoting. Um, And it's a total myth because now that people are actually starting to question that whole mythology, they have actually done enough research to show that actually carbon dioxide in the atmosphere uh, is a result of temperature rise, not a cause of temperature. In other words, the carbon dioxide increase comes after the temperature increase. Yeah, it doesn't come yeah. before. Right. And so, and so, therefore, carbon dioxide isn't causing it. It's a result of the fact. And, and a lot of carbon dioxide goes into the ocean. Uh, and so when you, if you, to warm the temperature. Yeah, like, uh, like um, it's like, not only plants, but I think uh, plankton, plankton right. and all of that. Exactly. Right. Plankton are a big contributor. Exactly. So the ocean is a really good sink for carbon dioxide to yeah. absorb it. To absorb it. And, and that's, again, uh, a food source yeah. uh, with, with, with the sun. And uh, I would think that since plankton are involved a lot in the generation of oxygen, that they also oxygenate the water in the ocean. For the fish. For the fish. Exactly. Kind of like, kinda, kinda like we, when you have an aquarium at home right. and you have the little thing that causes the little bubbles, bubbles to right. come in there. You're oxygen, oxygenating the water. the water for the fish. Exactly. So by reducing the carbon dioxide, you're potentially harming. potentially harming the ocean. Right. Because the plankton aren't getting so, enough. So, aren't, so yeah, what in, yeah. their, in their efforts to save the earth, they're actually doing what would kill the earth. Yeah. And so, and I think people need to understand that. And so, um, I think it's intentional, don't you? Oh, it's intentional mm-hmm. because it the, the whole the whole myth is based on the fact that they want to. Uh, control the means of production so it gets back to the Marxist communist view of the world yeah and so if they can make a threat out there then they could say oh, and because of that we need to control uh, manufacturing we need to control fossil fuels we need to control your ability to, tra- to for transportation and we need to control all of that for the benefit of the earth so it's really just a, a, a mythological hoax so that they can manage to control everything uh, that the communist Marxists would allow, would, would want to do. And so it's a story, it's, but it's myth. And there's no scientific basis whatsoever to support that. And if you look at the International Panel, IPCC, the international, it's not international, it's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, mm-hmm. IPCC. It's not even a true, uh, it's a government group. So it, it's not even like a international in the sense, but it's, it's a group of governments who are trying to figure out how they can control 
the masses. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it's all about. You know, and the scary thing that's going on is that we have a lot of decisions being made based on money, mm-hmm. the exchange of money. It seems like all these people have, each, have their hands in each other's pockets. Probably more ways than one. Who knows? But but you know, so it's it's based on money. I was like, I remember years ago, you'd constantly hear liberals all the time uh, criticizing big corporations. Mm-hmm. But now they love big corporations. Suddenly, they love big corporations because of the ESG and things of like that. Sort yeah, they're right. just brainwashed. It's kind of like we're what we were talking about during the break. It's like now you've got people going around wearing one of these stupid paper masks, and it's like, why not just tattoo the word "stupid" onto your forehead and just get it over with? You know, <laughs> either you know you're a you're a liberal, you're a Democrat, you're stupid. Just go ahead and tattoo it on your head. Although the mask just kind of tells that, don't it? It does. In, in a way, the mask just kind of labels everybody as who they are. As soon as I see someone... It makes it so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) It's like us wearing our MAGA hats, right? (laughs) Right. That's right. You know who I am. Yes, yes. You know, I was talking about how that the the left, they'll use uh, like words, you know, like like our our tiny tyrant, where where I remember at uh, one of the events she did at the, I think it was at the museum down in Old Town there, and a whole bunch of us showed up down there, and we were holding signs up over the wall while she was out trying to do a speech, and we were out. We were doing to them what they've been doing to us for years, and it's like she couldn't even speak. Right. I mean, there were signs up all over the place. There were people yelling. Uh, It it was great. We need to start giving them some of what they've been giving us. But then she called us lizard people. That's right. And so suddenly all of us were coming out with T-shirts. We're putting stuff on our cars. Proud that. lizard person. Exactly. Yeah, that's how you deal with words that you don't like. You don't like roll over and, oh, so poor me. It's like, I, you know, I'm being assaulted. I'm be- you're using bad words towards me. No, you just embrace it. Right. Yeah. She assumed we were all aliens. From- and there's such name callers as Democrats, aren't there? They're deplorables. Lizards. Deplorables. A basket of deplorables. Any, lizard people. Name callers. Yes. Know. Well, that's, I always said that's one of the things when, uh, whenever I get in an argument with a uh, liberal or a progressive, I always watch, watch for the three tactics. Uh, it was S, shift the subject. You know, whatever you're talking about, they'll shift it over to something Oh, else. they always do that, yeah. And then I. Well, that's when you corner them. Okay, right. after, you, after you back and they have no explanation, they'll change the they'll subject. They'll shift the subject. Yes. The other thing is they'll do is they'll ignore the facts. Uh-huh. You bring them facts. And then the last thing they'll do when they run out of everything else is name call. So yeah. I call it SIN, S-I-N. Nice. And, uh, I like so that. That's how I remember. because, And I do that even on Facebook and things of that sort when I get in arguments. I look for those three things. See if they shift the subject. I bring them back to the subject. They ignore yeah. the facts. I hit them it's with like, more. It's like, no, we're not done with that. Let's go, look, come on. Let's me. keep talking about and that. And start name calling and, me, and, then and I go, I won the argument. And if you're winning the argument, you're nothing but a racist there. And that settles everything. <laughs> See, that's the name-calling yeah. piece, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I know. It's fun. You gotta, it is you fun. Gotta, it gotta, is fun. You've got to have fun with it because otherwise you can get really upset. And I thought, no, I'm not going to play that game. I'm just going to call him out on it. Just have fun with it. Right. Where was I going with this? I know I was going know. somewhere we were, with this. We were. <laughs> 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 got off subject there. <laughs> um. Where was I going with this? The name calling. The name calling. Yeah, they can't. You know, they you have know. to win the argument. Well, we started off with Kissinger. So. Kissinger. Yeah, we started off with yeah. Kissinger. Um, 
Yeah. So anyway, I remember Kissinger. I, I think he did a lot of good things. I, I think like he's a human being, and I think like anything, he probably made some mistakes. He was actually a Jew that got out of Nazi Germany right, right before the Kristallnacht occurred. Right. And actually, one I'm watching a series right now on the Daily Wire. I I love that station. I I, I love the movies, the docu docu series, documentaries they come out with. They do that. So does Epic Times. And I and I and I've got subscriptions to both of those and I'll go in and I'll, I learn so much and there's this one series I'm watching on the Daily Wire right now called uh, What We Saw and this guy does such a fantastic job of narrating this thing. He he did uh, one series where he was talking about NASA and the space program uh, with the United States and, and how we were competing with the Russians during that whole thing and that, that was a very, very interesting story and it was like a four-part series if I recall. Now I'm watching the one about uh, World War II and about the Soviet Union and the Iron Curtain and all of that and he's looking at it from an interesting perspective that I've never seen it before, he's looking at it through the perspective of the Soviet Union and what was going on in the Soviet Union during uh, the Cold War mm. and what led up to the Cold War and, and how it was that that Russia was one of our best allies during World War II and defeating Nazi Germany, right. uh, you know, them and, and Great Britain... You know, with, with Churchill, there was Churchill and there was Stalin and there was, um, who was our president at the time? Um, Roosevelt. Mm, Eisenhower, I think. Eisenhower, that's right. Yeah. And so it's th these three guys. And we, we defeated the, the most evil enemy the world's ever seen, Adolf Hitler. Um, but at the same time... Uh, there was a lot of awful stuff going on in the Soviet Union, but it's like one of those things like, well, the enemy of my enemy is my, my friend, friend at the right. time. But then we went straight back to being enemies after we finished finished off the Nazis. Right. And hence the Cold War, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, no, that's uh, it sounds like a series I should I should watch. Yeah, I think you'd yeah. enjoy it because okay. you, you're you like me. You love history. Actually, I, I hated history growing up. I did, too. Isn't that funny? <laughs> because it was facts and figures, and they never had any context to it. But I think now, uh, I think people are diving in. Like, I'm, I'm reading a book on Lincoln right now, and uh, and it's like, wow, didn't know that. So, so I think... When you actually put it in context and you understand the the way the way the world was at that time, yeah, it really starts to make sense about the some of the the greatness of some of the people, uh, the decisions they had to make, and things of that sort. You really start to appreciate that a lot more than we do nowadays. When, but when I was taught it back in the day, you know, it's like our history started here and here, and we, you know, I came to this country where my ancestors were slaves, and I thought. I think I'm more than just an ancestor of a slave. You know? Right, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> and so, but, you know, but according to the Democrats, they would like to re re reduce you down to that. Exactly. exactly. You know, it, it's like I've heard a lot of people talking about how the, the Democrats, what they'll constantly do is they'll, will, they will try to portray uh, black people or brown people or people of color, whatever, as somehow being incapable of doing a lot of things. Which takes me off which to is no end. so racist. It's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the definition of racist. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and yet... The soft I, racism was of uh, low expectations. Low right. expectations. Right. You know, black people, they don't know how to get IDs. Right. They don't know how to operate a copying machine. Like, uh, really? they're, they're not capable of opening a, a bank account, you know. 
I know. And and so yeah. it's kind of like, so, and you don't think we can register to vote? And, no, and I can't do I that think. either. That's too complicated. Oh, no. Yeah. You're, and what do they call it? Uh, you're pre- preventing the vote, right? Yeah. You're obstructing, you're disenfranchising them. Right. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is how a society works. Yeah. And, uh, and if you're going to live in a society, you should know how to get an ID. You think? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, or like, like the whole thing a while back where they were talking about they were this, some idiot professor, probably more people than that, were trying to put out the idea out there that math is racist because math was developed by white people <laughs> so that they, they could succeed. And it's like, Okay, so what's stopping black people from learning math, too? I don't quite understand. But see, a lot of people, they just look at the headlines on things. And I've talked about this before. They'll look at the headlines on something, and they'll run with it. They won't read the entire article. Right, and and I, I think that's journalists do that too because they know people will just look at the headline and they'll just assume the rest, right? Yeah. Without actually reading the details behind it. Uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, they're saying math is racist, and what's racist is the way they're teaching math nowadays. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not in the schools, but I I hear that a lot of the kids are having a lot of difficulty with, and I think it's by design. They do not want people to be critical thinkers. No. They do not know how to do simple things like percentages or understand ratios. I mean, simple kind of math. Well, right? face it, and if you're if you're dumb, you can, then then the higher ups will be able to take advantage of exactly. you more easily. You know, just like just like not teaching cursive anymore. I don't even understand the reasoning behind that. Right. Why would you do that? Right. Cursive I, is important. Handwriting is important. Handwriting is very important. Right. Well, they, they're going to put everybody on a computer so they can monitor everything you do. So, right. Everything's got to be on a computer. Exactly. We don't want to send any handwritten letters. You know, we don't. We don't want secretly uh, send right. you a piece of paper. And that's send you right. A message that the government can't monitor. <laughs> we we don't want people being able to maybe read the founding documents as right. they were originally written or anything like that. We want them to be able to read the revised version, which is printed on the internet, which is controlled by the fascist at Google. Right. Yeah. No, no, I think we're in, uh, we're in strange times right now, but I, I know this is probably not the topic we were intending to talk about. I don't about. care. Let's go with it. I don't <laughs> care, you know? But I, I do believe that uh, our education system is completely screwed up right now, and we really need to get to back to just basics, reading, writing, arithmetic. Exactly. And, and civics, because yeah. I'm appalled that our kids don't understand the founding of this country and what it's based upon. They don't have any idea about the Constitution. The amendments, the Bill of Rights, uh, and what the government is very limited in what it should be able to do, and yet we've allowed it. And we're just as guilty. We've allowed our our government to gain as much power as it has, and it gets its power through the agencies, through the uh, those those secondary agencies, the regulations, and all that kind of stuff. Who are who are not elected, but yet they can dictate. Well, see, and there's a lot of there's a lot of debate going on right now in Congress about these agencies overstepping their authority they have, they and are. essentially making laws. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like the Constitution doesn't even provide for agencies. No, it doesn't. Right. Personally, you know what I would like to see. <laughs> uh, if I was able to be elected president of the United States, go for it, <laughs> or or even or even better, a temporary king of the United States. Go. That's what I would like to be, or queen, or or queen, king or queen, whatever okay. you want to call it. Right. You know, uh, I would like to be um, temporary queen of the United States. Okay, I would like to go in there and be able to say, okay, I decree now on day one of my of my 
reign, administration, administration <laughs> my kingdom, <laughs> that all agencies will be disbanded. All. The, all of them. All of them. All th- all agencies. Okay. Gone. Okay. So not just the three-letter ones? Three-letter. They're all three-letter three ones, aren't they? Oh, yeah. It's like, we'll start with them. And the FBI headquarters, will everybody will be fired. They will all be investigated. They will all be uh, held before military tribunals. If you were involved in any of these unconstitutional raids and, and all these awful things that you did to people, you will be held accountable. And then I would call in a bunch of bulldozers to bulldoze down the FBI building in D.C., remove it completely. You do know that in a new budget that they're putting in money for a brand new— Yes, they're trying to do that. They're trying to do that, and actually there was some debate going. Maybe I might even play the uh, couple of cuts I have from the debate in Congress going on. But And then I would say we are going to revert back to a 100% constitutional government. Mm-hmm. Any law that is on the books that is not constitution is, is therefore uh, nullified and gone. And we will revert to two, two things in this country, the Constitution and the Ten Commandments, and that is it. Any law that doesn't, uh, that, that doesn't fit within that mold is not constitutional and so, therefore so people like anthony fauci you would say off with their heads right <laughs> right away absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I, I i did did you guys go see that new movie that's out in the movie theaters right now called napoleon i just we we just went this weekend and saw it. that was really good wasn't it I, I liked it but somehow it left me i don't know maybe it was just the actor joaquin phoenix but i um i think he did a great job he did. It was Do you just, think he was, per, did a good job of portraying the personality of Napoleon? I don't know because I never knew. Yeah, I, I I haven't read anything about so. him. I mean, he portrayed Napoleon as being a little bit of a quiet kind of a guy, shy, shy, and awkward. Yeah, the quiet, awkward. The, quiet, the quiet ones are the dangerous ones, so <laughs> you have to watch out for them. But yet he he was seeking power and yeah. he eventually attained it. But he he got he got power because it was interesting when I was looking at the story about how he got into power because of how tyrannical the the French government was. Right. I mean, they were doing things like our government is doing right, right. now, exactly. and then they got basically overthrown Mm -hmm. and they tried to get rid of him twice he came back a second time after they exiled him and he talked to the to the the military military. command it's like come on guys i miss you i'm with you (laughs) and they started following and he took back over again it's like amazing marie antoinette oh i know cut her head off she was involved in all the tyranny she said little we came anyway you guys are listening to freedom speak with becca marie and stella don't go anywhere we'll be right back (laughs) 